put himself at your disposal. You handle it. And he put you a top, 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 top line person. And this is where I begin there for any situation. Um, all things are possible to believe it. Believe means uh, you've got to change your faith. Your negative faith, that's bad. Well, that will grip you. Well, you see it bad, you're gripped by the badness. And you're stewing it. Or it shouldn't be. You're stewing it. So you are gripped by what you see. You're seeing is believing. Well, I believe it's evil, it's evil to me. But I say, okay, it's evil enough. I'm not seeing it's evil. I'm seeing it's something God meant to because he has a good purpose in it. And I'm seeing a perfect God, a perfect love, right behind that rotten situation. Now, you see, you're beginning to see with Christ. And that's the attitude that causes you then operate to the sun and say, I'm here with saying, God, you've done that thing. That's the word of faith. So to me, that's the only meaning of prayer. To issue in the word, that's what you've done, that's what you've done, that's what you've done. And then correct them up and then watch what happened, ha- watch God doing it. So life becomes an adventure, watching God doing it. Well, uh, this isn't the time now, of course, I can naturally illustrate that a thousand times over. Because that's the life we live for 50 years. That's how I'm telling you, it works, because I know it works, because of course it's God. So I suppose I better stop that on that. Um, <laughs> I'd only want to say one thing uh, to meet our weakness. Um, it seems to take us such a long time to believe that when we say the thing, that God has done it. That God operates by our, as sons, uh, by we speaking word, which means His Spirit through us is causing us to say it, and He is doing that thing. He caused us to be confronted with something to stir us up to say the word. That's incidentally why that scripture says, before they call, I will answer. Well, that's upside down. Usually before, before after you call, you get the answer. Before you call, try it in the telephone. Before you call, you don't get the answer, do you? You've got to call first, then get the answer. God said, before you call, I answer. Why? Because God has his eternal purposes, he's planning to put through in love and power. But he only works through his sons down here. So, he has the purposes, that's his answer. Now, to get you stirred up, he gets you calling. He says, come on, I'll confront you with that unpleasant thing, I'll make you feel the unpleasant of it, I'll make you feel hurt by it. Just tell you, i God, get, get on with it. So, his answer's there first, he stirs you up to make a call of faith, which says, God, you're getting the answer through, then your chance of the answer comes through. I would say, the, what we have to say for our human weaknesses, it takes us a long time to say, that's a done thing, so not my paragraph. You aren't saying you're doing it, you're saying God's given the privilege to say, to say he's doing something, and gives you the right to say it. That's tremendous. He put his whole himself in all his infinite possibility, at available, so all things are possible. You operate that possibility within your reach, don't try it out there, you come back. <laughs> try it within your reach, try it that saying things that confront you. When you become a resolve, you can, you can stop the world at war by faith. That takes a little time to get there. <laughs> and, uh, and from dying to do it, too. But so it's stuck where you are, but all through the process are reach. Now, you see, um, uh, our difficulty is, deep down, we haven't believed God's done it. If you haven't believed God's done it, you're caught out because it doesn't happen. You say, why didn't it happen? Well, you're caught out. In other words, you didn't believe it was done. If you believe it's done, you wouldn't say, why hasn't it happened? You say, of course it's happened. I just wait and see it. So you're caught out. If you say why it didn't happen, you've given away the fact you never believed it had happened. Well, you are. <laughs> so, we learn the tricks of faith. Uh, 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 you call things to be as though it is. Now, that's serious. 
and, and this is the key. The word of faith is, you didn't come here tonight by saying, I may come. You said, I'll come. Let's put the muscles into your coming. And that's the word. And you're saying, God's done that, don't you turn back then. And if it ever happens, set up to God to make it happen. It's leave God to justify himself. Turn the heat on him and leave him boiling. <laughs> he, he told you to. He said, he said I'm, you, I, I'm at your thought that you, may, you bring me through in my power. And you do it by your faith. When you die, let's put me going. Now I'm going. It's for me to show how I'm going, not for you. And if you wait 20 years, you'll still say he's done it. If he hasn't died, you'll still say he's done it. Amen. You're the fool of faith. Now, this is, uh, wait a minute, this is it. Um, uh, this is the way in which uh, the, the Spirit is flowing through you. Do you see that? The Spirit flowed in you when you said, All right, by faith I'm not I but Christ. In you. By faith I'm not a sinner, I'm saved by grace. By faith the Holy Spirit's coming to me. All right, now the soul's, it's your faith has been the agency of the Spirit to do things in you. Stop that. Forget about yourself now. That's kid stuff. Go up. You're graduated now. You're a disciple, you're an apostle. And begin operating God outside yourself and other people's situations. Around you. Not thinking about yourself and saying, they say by the same means which I said, God's done that to me and he did it. I now think God's done that. You begin to be a river. Because you're sure the river's throwing it by your faith. That fellow will get saved or unsaved. And that financial supply comes to being wasn't there. And that health comes out of their sickness. You're doing something. And you'll become an agency where the Holy Spirit is moving into, into is magnifying something, other people, other lives which aren't yours. And you begin to know how to help other people to believe like that. The world's hungry to how to operate. And you, when you die, you can help other people. How this how it works, do it. And you can help other people to begin to become believers, co-believers. And the streams are flowing. So this one, the, major, the main reason, major reason, because mainly your spirit. Now, I th think I've better stop, but uh, the body is the intercession. I told you, the spirit flows streams through spirits, us as spirits, humans, our human self, and our other bodies. Now, your spirit is universal. Your spirit, in union with his spirit, is everywhere. You're part of the universal person. You're part of the universal forces. You're an expression of the universal God. So you can jump up your face to anywhere you like in the world, of course. Because uh, you touch the world through your faith. Um, so that's the spirit. Body is local. Your body can only be in one place at a time. So in your body, you can only operate, uh, uh, operate the will of, will of God in, uh, in, in one local situation at a time. That's intercession. Intercession is one thing at a time. One thing at a time. One thing at a time. Uh, the Bible gives us very quickly what intercession is. The Bible says intercession is that God's seeking individuals in individual situations who can, as well, stand in a gap, and by them God can bring, fulfill, fulfill some purpose, fulfill some special redeeming work. Some special thing. And the Bible originally said he looked for an intercessor, couldn't find one, so his own son became an intercessor. How did his son become an intercessor? By a commission? He had to come, he had to be born, he had to, he had, to give, he had the Holy Spirit, he had to be tested, he had to go and die. Uh, now the intercession is, first of all, he was a commissioned person. He was a trained person up to 30 years of age. He was commissioned from the, from his, the dove onwards, tested out by the, by the Mount of Temptation. And he was a commissioned person. Now the, uh, the finalizing of his commission, he laid his life down for his commission. 
He gave his precious blood for his commission, which was to get us saved. That's the intercession. So the Bible says, God wonders our, our intercessors. He looks for somebody who, who can catch on that God's commission to do something. He can catch on to it. And he said, I couldn't find one, so I gave my son the, in the great intercession. Now he says, the way my son can fulfill his intercession was he poured out his soul on the death and made the intercession. That's Isaiah 53. So the intercession took place uh, where, the, where there's a death. And the law of intercession is, when you go the way of intercession, it always comes to pass. It's a law. It's the law Jesus enunciated when he said in John 12, 24, it's set the call to be fall to God and die, it abides alone. If it die, it brings forth much fruit. If you leave a bit of corn and wheat in a box, it just, that's all it just remains. If you sow it, it gets messed about and broken up by frosts and rain and so on, out comes the fruit. And the seed doesn't eat the fruit, the world eats the fruit. So, uh, intercession of the law, if I'm a corn of wheat, in God's hand, in the commission, I move in that commission, and there'll be that cost in it. And you fulfill the cost, out comes the fruit. That again needs illustration, but I can't give it. Uh, you can only take it yourself. I've known in my own life five distinct causing to intercession. I can subdivide my life into five phases. Each one has a specific calling. That was the thing in the moment, that's what I was to do. And that cost you something. Every time it cost you something. And that was came to pass. What came to pass? Came to pass. I'm in one now. I've got to give my dying, my, my remaining days, to getting this message out. Uh, of course, it's worth counting. It costs nothing, except that you're too good, good piling me up with these lovely flowers and stuff. That's all about it. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I've got to fulfill it. I've got to go around telling you to find out who they are. Christ as them. And so on. That's my job. And I hope I should die gaily in doing it. Uh, <laughs> leaving, leaving the many sons on. That's my last fact to me. I won't give you details. But um, I know, I don't know if you do, I can subdivide my life and say, that's a commission. A commission is the thing which has got you at the moment. Now, that doesn't come from you. Don't put good and say, try and make it up. It's the Holy Spirit's commission. So don't, but you can say to the Lord, Lord, I'd be privileged if I could be a commissioned person by you. That's taking up your cross. That's voluntary. You have to go to the cross for salvation. You have to be on the cross to find your, your replacement, Christ, Christ in you. You take up the cross for other people. And so you can, like a Hebrews, go to the cross, be on the cross, and not take up the cross. So it's possible that spot, oh, that's not it. So, but don't try it. But if it's in your heart, if, if today is in your heart, then you say, I've taken this out of me to flow. I've taken that third statement, out of me, the, 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 the father's statement. And you say, all right, God, that means somewhere or another, I'm a commissioned person. If God will make you to me, don't you touch it. Some of you already know it, of course. Uh, you say, oh, I've got to do that. I'm stuck in that thing. That's your body. It's going to cost you. Your body's in that thing. You're stuck in it. You've got to give it time and circumstance, your money, and lose your reputation in doing so, be a fool for Christ's sake. See, the apostleship is a tremendous situation. You read the apostleship in 1 Corinthians 4. When he says to the Corinthian church, Oh, you're, he says, you're, 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 you're wise, you're rich, you're wealthy, you reign as kings, sarcastically. See, you're a comfortable old church, with that, that kind of thing. Um, he says, that's not, the, that's not the kind of people in the world. He goes on to say, I think that God has set forth us apostles last point of death. We think we're trying to keep alive. One of the great controversies I have in the mission world. It's those silly balls that keep busy keeping the mission alive. I think let him die. Now for years we've been, willing, we've been watching our mission die for Jesus. Don't keep him alive. 
um, if uh, one, of our, one, of, uh, one critic said to us, Oh, Mr. Bob, what happened to one of your mission stars? I said, God starved them, that's good honour. Didn't, didn't Jesus die? Well, Cecil's son, I li- I'm getting these stories, he was a character, a man I lived with. And one, I love that, one old gentleman, concerned old gentleman in England, wrote to say, Mr. Son, I hear there's very little money among your mission, you see, we don't ask for money, we get what God says, he's done enough, that's all that matters. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I hear you're there, in fact, he said, I did hear one of your mission stars are dead. So, old son took the point. We had about eight cents at that time. He sent a letter on the sentence. Dear son, so, have you got skeletons in one of our missions here? And when they all referred that they hadn't, he wrote back and said, Dear friend, with great regret, I have to tell you, no one yet has had the honour to start with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that finished that correspondence. See, get it? Apostles appointed to death. So, there's something in which you're going to be a fool. You're not going to be wise, rich, you're going to be a fool. He says, uh, You're wise, I'm a fool, Christ. You're strong, I'm weak. You're, you're honoured, I'm despised. That's the apostleship. And he goes on to say, I, uh, I made uh, the filth of the world, and Oscar, that means you're, 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 the, you're, the, the junk, you're the junk pile. I'm a junk pile for Jesus. So this is what, the apostles, this is what commission. This is, you've given up yourself now to be a junk pile for Jesus. After the junk pile, uh, uh, compost heap, come nice things. And you with the old compost heap, and nice things will come up. Good new vegetables will come out of it. Really? <laughs> now, I'm not talking to about that. And so, I can't say more tonight. Because we can't have time to go into a lot of illustration. But uh, Tom, you could give the illustration. Tom, you get up and say so. In other words, commit, uh, 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 you've got to put your local body, besides being a spirit. Now, you, uh, uh, somewhere along the line, uh, if you're within hearing distance, which means, you can say, Lord, by your grace, although I'm, I'm a, a frightened old coward, don't, don't, don't take any notice of that. Uh, I, I, want you, I want you away. Uh, tell God you're a mighty good coward, but he likes cowards, because he puts a courage in them. He puts a courage in them. Say, oh, but God, I, I just would like to, to I should like to be one of your apostles. Apostle only means sent one, one of your commissioned ones. Now, some of you know, somewhere along the line, you'll find yourself, you've got to, you've got to be in. Some of you probably where you are now, you've got to be in it. Maybe a church affair, maybe do with your community, you've got to be in it. There's a compulsion about the commission which doesn't come for you. And more than that, there's something, you see something, it's got to come through. Now, it may be in a fellowship. Something's got to come through. Intercession means it's got to come through. Salvation had to come through. Jesus had to die and rise. It had to come through. It had to go to the limit. And all these intercessions I can speak about in my own life or Reese House and so on, we, the, the, the thing we went for had to come and did come through. Meanwhile, we were talking about a bit. We had this loss or that loss or that game. There's a death in it that life may come to others. But of course, you, you, the, the death and honour is really death is involved in Christ coming out to other people. That's what intercession is. It's not just prayer. People say to me, it's an intercessory prayer. Intercession is a principle, not a prayer. Prayer is just a detail. It's not intercessory prayer. People say, have you prayed instead? No, I said, don't waste my time. I am an intercessor. It says there's a commissioned person who's involved in some calling, and he's got to put it through. Is the Holy Ghost in him? I said, here I am, and what it costs such a detail. What a price I'll pay, and in, in the way you'll find the death, out of your reputation, something dies, and others may live, you share in the sufferings of Christ, and out of it, you go through, that thing comes to bother. Oh, there it is, there it is, there it is. And so you may go temporary and see an intercession through, and then you go into something else. That's, that's the highest God can give. Uh, the, the, the general, but in a sense higher, the ability to bring God into being in any situation. Learn the practices, how you learn. Learn to practice this word of faith business. Turn your prayer into word of faith business. 
Show yourself here to see through the appearances as, as God means. I'm fighting out what God means and then you say what, what God's to do. Learn to be, uh, operate that daring word of faith. That's universal. At the same time, the highest individual principle uh, uh, is uh, somewhere along the line, if I can take it, God has a specific commission. Maybe a simple business commission. And you'll be involved in it. And uh, you'll see that that's what it's, what it's been. Um, therefore, I always say, the greatest scripture I know in the, in the Bible, the final scripture is what he says in Isaiah 53, of his own son. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. Not bless him. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. Get that? The greatest pleasure with the father was when he could bruise his son, not bless him. And the greatest pleasure he has when God bruises you for a word. Ooh, that crisis? Bless you. Thank you. Uh, yeah? You've shared principles tonight about uh, negative and uh, how God would have to be challenged in them uh, so that he can turn the circumstance to his glory. Can you share some real life experiences that you've experienced in your life? Of course I could, but um, it's a matter of time, you see. It's, uh, that's why I stopped. I thought that's... It's early yet. What? It's early yet. We don't normally get out till 10 o'clock. <laughs> but then keep, then keep your eyes open. <laughs> Most of you do. Most of you do, I'll tell you that. Some of you are hard working. It's hard to keep awake, isn't it, when you're hard working? I'm a lazy person. I just sit, sit and talk. Some of you work. You get tired. <laughs> yes. Um, I learned the principle of faith, for instance, talk on faith. Uh, learned the Pacific. Yes, I learned it. Stage by stage, you know, that's a simple example I, I have, um, or the most uh, basic one in my life, um, was when I was connected with the mission which I belong, we had this tremendous founder, he had the faith, he went to Africa alone, now I'm not going to talk about him, when he went he sent back a great message, he met these crowds of precious Africans, they're crowds in the village, in the, in the forest, in the savannah, not so many, in the forest so many. Oh, you soon. He says, I found what he calls a black gold. And he turned to the bow of Jesus. He says, they're here, and they're here the purpose that Jesus died for them. He wasn't going to give them gospel. He got to have the gospel did the job. I here, and they're here. They have heard the purpose. Thousands of them have heard the purpose. And they hear it through people today. That was, that was his intercession. He gave his life for that. His price was, he never saw his wife again for 16 years. He never saw his wife again for 16 years. Because when he went out, she was sick in her bed. And she, she went out by faith, left her in her bed. Then when, then when he had a healing on route, uh, when he had a big fever, I can't stop telling you great stories, I can't stop telling you stories, and he had healing on route, he wrote back to her, oh, I don't trust those human doctors, they're no good, trust doctors you use and get up. And she did trust the doctors and got up, and then with a fiery, fiery flame of fire, calling us, one of the young men, calling young men to go in and join Southern Africa. So she's busy calling people at home, he's busy getting people saved on the field. The last 16 years of their life, they saw each other for two weeks. Now, you don't make it up. God puts it on. You don't make it up. Normally, you don't do that. But if God does, you do. And actually, it was that very fact that taught our Africans the love of God. Because we did get her out there. After 14 years, uh, he, she came to Egypt. Egypt is in Africa. We're way down 2,000 miles down the Nile in Central Africa. And when she got to Egypt, by that time, telegrams, telegraphs are just coming through. And t- could she come and see him? Well, that's another matter when you're a stout old lady to get in the middle of Africa and it was in those days. And Stud didn't like it. But we youth, we youthful sentimentalists say, oh, oh, let him come. He's his wife. Let her come, let her come. She's my mother-in-law. Or oh, I said, you go fetch her. <laughs> so she sent me, sent me the session. It was often easy. 
I picked her up halfway down the cartoon and brought her in through the rough, the roughness of the situation. I'm going to tell you, to, he met her for two weeks. <laughs> a famous time. Do you know what happened? The actors and thousands came in. They knew him. He knew him. They knew he had some daughters. He, he, they didn't know how the daughters ever turned up because he got a wife apparently. <laughs> when they all oh, now is in love with Jesus, you gave up your wife for Jesus. God gave His son for us. Oh, now is in love of God. If you gave a wife up to bring Jesus God to me, God gave His son to get to them now. So it was a great illustration for him. And she she put him in the focus. She was a person. She's a big stout lady, and he was a he was a great great athlete, great tall man. God thin, God like a great stick. She hadn't time to eat very much, something like that. So here the two of them, about two or three thousand Africans, are poured in the sea. This beloved prophet, the son who brought Jesus to them, and he, he, what they call Mama Bwame, his, his, his wife, sitting at the ceiling. There they stood, this stout lady and this thin gentleman. You know what she said to them? Folks, you know why he came and I didn't, don't you? You couldn't eat him, but you might eat me. <laughs> that one now, heart, all right. <laughs> but I'm only saying now that that was his session, you see. Uh, and he died out there, but my the harvest, my the harvest. And I tell you that resurrection in Philippians three. Uh, you, you're pressing towards the mark, not for sanctification. Well, what is sanctified? Don't worship them yourself. Pressing the mark isn't to get sanctified, it's to fulfill God's uh, intercessory purpose through you. The prize of the high calling of God is you may be a co-saviour. And that's the resurrection. And then out after you, flows, well, out is still flowing the resurrection of that old son's life. If you want the answer to what I'm saying, now, uh, he died in 1931, and uh, he, people didn't like him. People don't like extremists. And the church at home didn't like him, he was too hot for them. They wanted to tempt to, to uh, cool him down. He wouldn't be cooled down. He's a fighter for Jesus. So they rather thought he was too much of a fanatic. I love to be a fanatic for Jesus. I guess you are. Um, and uh, so we were not popular. A stud died in Africa, and there were just 35 missionaries there. Well, that's a lovely little group. And we had to come home because Mrs. Stud made her life down. I think that visit shook her up. And about two, went, I had to escort her home. And she, about two years after the Lord took her, she'd done a grand soldier's job. And she ran the mission at home, that's what it was it. So he said, I must go back with Pauline, my wife, and so he went back in 1931. I'm talking about this. Now, we were at bottom. That year, we suddenly got the news that had died. Now, the, we never asked for money. God sent us money. We don't make these loans. He sends them. And sometimes, and now sometimes not too much. And that very month, all we received was um, uh, 50 pounds which was about $250 in those days. So for 35 missions, we had $8 per head per month. Not per week. That's all we had. We were on starvation level. But of course, you can do agree with one cent in Africa, which you can't do here at home. That's a bit easier. But we were at bottom. On that on starvation level. And uh, this was the year of this great uh, financial depression and so on. And you know, oh, I see, you better give up. Stutters died, you probably think, you better give it up, make some arrangements about them. You can't go on like that. You feel like it. Don't like it. You look like periods, you don't get it. Periods don't give up. But we learn the thing from Reese Howells. Don't say to God what you want. Find out what God wants. Sit down and say, what's God after, not what you're after. Find out God has a plan. If God puts that situation, he has a plan. So I remember that day when we sat down, four of us. Uh, my wife and myself, we had two with us. We said, we're not going to say, what should we do? We say, God, can you give us a, 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 an indication of what you want in the situation? We're just about starving. No one cares about others. 
Here we are in this situation, we're unknown. Um, what, what are you after? Do you know what God said to us? He reminded me of this statement Stad made 16 years before when he went to Africa. He made a very bold statement. He went alone to the heart of Africa. That's big enough. As he wrote, as he wrote, uh, wrote back a letter from, from the board ship, of course, the one planes in those days, he said, God showed me this trip I take the heart of Africa isn't only for the heart of Africa, it's for the whole unevangelized world. One man in this situation. I said, to human reasons sounds ridiculous. But faith, last set of possibilities, and quite it should be done. Now there lay that, like, and like just lying there 16 years. Nothing happened except we were in the heart of Africa. That very day, where you stood there, God said, what did I tell, what words did I give your founder? Didn't I say, this wasn't only the heart of Africa, if for any part of the world where God hasn't been, it was ridiculous, he was starving as he were. But we saw it. You see, when God, oh, that's it. Well, it's ridiculous, you laugh, you laugh of faith, of course, you laugh, what you do? Uh, um, uh, so then, then I, we together said, what do, what do you do in this situation? Well, we knew Bible, enough Bible to know that, that uh, it's by faith things happen, by faith, by faith. It's by faith it possibly happens. But faith isn't a theory, it's a fact. We didn't want to re- read theories of faith, we wanted to know how to operate faith, that's not happen. So we said, yes, it's all right saying by faith, but how do we do it? So what does tell us they did in the Bible by faith, how do we do it? We're a tight corner, how do you do it? So we had one idea, let's get the Bible out, and at least see how one man did it. Now again, I'd say we were guided, because as it were to us in our little group, Moses was like our founder. He died, and we were like Joshua, and we were taking the job on. So he said, let's turn and see what, 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 what would you find in the first chapter of Joshua. And in that chapter, I well remember how we did it. We read it, if you read it, you find the first nine verses, the Lord speaks to Joshua. He says, now Joshua, Moses is dead, you take up the commission, you cross that Jordan, uh, you take the land, and you, you take the people and so on and so on and so on. Now be strong and courageous, meditate my word and go to it. Well, that's exaltation. It isn't exaltation we need, it's tactical action we needed. Well, that didn't, that was, but you know what we had? Uh, at verse 9, I think it is, that finishes. And the answer was finished. In the King James Version, you get a little paragraph mark, says in the Ephesians. What it says, next thing says this, it says, Then Joshua called together the officers of his army, and said, Prepare you food, for in three days we'll cross this Jordan in flood. Do you know what we said? We said, on what authority did Joshua say three days? God hasn't said so. That's rather presumptuous of him. God hasn't said three days. On what authority did he say within three days? We saw it. We said, God, God, enough for our starving group in Africa, but without anybody knowing, we're going to say to God, as, a, as an evidence that you're honest for a worldwide commission, send us ten new trained workers. Now, when you send people to mission, you just don't get that of leave the truth up a tree. They've got to know the Holy Spirit. You've got to repent, you've got to have the Bible, you've got to go way out to the distant parts. So you don't think, you've got to have people you know are fitted to go. And we said, send us ten people who we know are fitted to go, and the money in their pockets, so within the, this, we took a year. We said, by the first anniversary of subject, those ten could go to Africa. Well, this is tremendous to us, ridiculous to us, ridiculous. What did we do? We saw the point. We saw what, uh, that faith is, uh, you say it's going to happen, with, within three days of crossing. So that then we sat down, we took that promise according to you. Where it says, what the reasons are, when you pray, believe you receive it. I can see ourselves saying that day, we said, God, we've herewith received ten workers within this year. You feel a fool. You're, that's what you are, a fool of faith. You feel ridiculous. But we said it. Now I had two little tests on it, just little tests. 
Next day, we met 504, and somebody began to say, please, Lord, remember those ten. Uh, the Lord checked me up. He said, here, yeah, be honest. If you didn't receive them, ask for them. If you did receive them, get thanking. Don't get asked and get thanking. Oh, we must never ask again. We must never ask again. If we got them, we got them. Don't you ask again. And so we had to begin thanking meetings every day. There wasn't laughing meetings. Thinking these ten were floating up from heaven somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we never raised a finger to get them. Never raised them. We, we said that would happen. Do you know, within that t- ten years, one by one, five women came and five men came. Each term I chose, uh, went to mission to, fitted to go with the money until we got within five days at the end of that year. And on the fifth day, number ten turned up. He was a Welshman named Ivor Davis. The Africans still call him Mr. Ten. His African name is Kumi, which is ten, because he's a tenth of these tens. He hadn't got the money, though. Here he was, but didn't need in those days about two hundred pounds, a thousand dollars or something to get him to the seed. He hadn't got the money. We mustn't use any money, but money God took the purpose. So here we were, within three days, five days, of the end of the month, of this twelve months, everything was there, but where did it come from? You think such a fool, you know. Where did it come from? It's nothing to be anybody, it's nothing to be hinted for, it's come from God. Well, I had uh, arrangements uh, those days to be in a prayer group uh, in Belfast, Ireland. I'm from London, England. So I crossed to Belfast, Ireland, and we were having this little group of praying, prayer group, um, and each day I was saying, well, five days, four days, three days, nothing, nobody knew, nobody knew. Ooh, you, uh, the heat's getting on you. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, I went back to the, my uh, home, my hostess, who I was staying with, and they had a telegram for me. Now, somehow in England, we don't use it to transfer money by telegram. We use it to mail, uh, uh, you know, mail letter. But for some reason, my hostess says, Oh, Mr. Gump, get a telegram for you. Must be money in it. Well, I laughed at the idea. When I opened it, my wife was home uh, in London. So my wife, 200 pounds for the ten hallelujah. And there they were. I later on, found, I don't know how else she knew, it came to two old ladies. Ever since then, I've always prayed God for old ladies. They're most useful. <laughs> Well, now, the point I'm making, we're going to stop now. The point I'm making um, uh, isn't, isn't illustration, it's the principle. Oh, we say, this is the principle. That when you're confronted with a situation, you find out from God where you're in it, you then put in your, uh, what you want in the blank check. Say, what I want next is this. Or a team of you, what do you want? I've, we said we've, we've got it. And on that basis, we're going to advance. So he said, what we stopped with 10, we go on with 15, 25, 15, 75 and so on. And so we did. Next year we said 15. Uh, <laughs> but, um, we were nearly caught then. We came to the end of that next year, 15 had come in, but we were short about 500 pounds, the $2,500 in those days. 